they just see the result of the beautiful parts of what we get, that they don't see the seven mornings that we got up and it was foggy and you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. They just saw the lucky 10 minutes that we got when the sun decided to come out. Or we had four inches of rain, but it stopped raining just long enough to shoot that waterfall that was just suddenly all full of water. You're listening to Exploration Local, a podcast designed to explore and celebrate the people and places that make the Blue Ridge Mountains special and unique. My name is Mike Andrus, the host of Exploration Local. I'll be sitting down with people and business owners that have a deep love for the outdoors and who help to fuel the spirit of adventure in these mountains. We encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Let's go. I am very excited to have Leslie Restivo on the mic today. Leslie lives in Boone, North Carolina. Uh, she is very comfortable in the backcountry of the Highlands and Limville Gorge, and she's also been known to rappel deep into the gorge to grab the perfect shot. Uh, she's a brand ambassador at Great Outdoor Provisions Company, fantastic company, by the way. She's the 2020 grand prize winner of Peering Into Pisgah Photo Contest. She is the Blue Ridge Outdoors Magazine Photographer of 2020. She's the admin at North Carolina Nature Lovers on Facebook and the admin at Rome Outdoors and Appalachian Explorers on Instagram. It is a real pleasure to have you here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. All right, so I ran across a great quote, and it reminded me of you. The quote is from Heinrich Ibsen. I think I said his last name right. But he is a Norwegian playwright and theater director, and he is the first one that said, a thousand words leave not the same deep impression as does a single deed. And it's said that it has been paraphrased and shortened a few times after his death in 1906, and it evolved into and credited for what we now know as a picture is worth a thousand words. I really like Ibsen's original version, though, especially the part about deep impression. When I first discovered your work... Leslie, that's what it did for me. It left a really, really deep impression. So the question I have for you is, as we kick off, when you post your pictures on social media, they typically have a quote or a story behind them, which seems to add texture to your work. What are you hoping to communicate through your images and descriptions? Um, photography has gave me an outlet to express my emotions and I guess release and emotions that I was having. Um, I've struggled with anxiety in the past, and um, since I started shooting, getting outside and hiking, it's reduced my anxiety. My pictures have feelings and emotions, those moments. They have sadness. They have happiness. They have anger. Um, I want people to look at my photography and feel what I was feeling in that moment, not just see the moment. Mm. And... Um, when I look at certain pictures, I get a feeling, I get a word, whether it be serenity or tranquility, and I speak with whatever feeling goes along with the picture. I think that nature has become an outlet for me, um, for, for lack of better words, um, almost like my own personal psychologist, mm. to help me work through emotions and feelings, whether they be negative or positive. And... If I can affect one person the way I was affected in that moment, then I feel like I've done it. So when did you take up your interest in photography and specifically, or was it always landscape photography or did you start in other ways and just sort of migrate to, to, uh, to, to landscape photography? I originally picked up a camera because of my daughter. She, my first child, um, my only child now, and, um, she inspired me to pick up a camera, um, I had paid for a lot of photo shoots and cost a lot of money. And I said, why am I doing this? I should just pick up a camera and do it for myself. Mm. I've always had an interest in photography and I've always been drawn to landscapes um, from the high country, whether I was at art shows and museums or wherever that may be. It always felt right. Um, I just never took the opportunity to jump. And after having her, it gave me the opportunity to jump the lake. When you grow up in certain areas, it leaves you jaded of the beauty that's around you. Um, it becomes normal. It becomes typical. It's your everyday. 
so it's not exciting anymore mm. when you experience it all the time. And I felt like I was taking where I lived for granted. Mm. And I remember the first day that I really picked up my camera, other than shooting my daughter, family here from out of town, and it was Thanksgiving. And he wanted to see some views. Um, he's from Fayetteville, so very flat, very sandy. And I something triggered me to want to go to Wiseman's View. And I will never forget that sunset. Mm. Um, the way it made me feel, the emotions that I felt, the colors, it was breathtaking. And that is the day that I started shooting landscapes. And it's been about two and a half years now. No since kidding. Since I started shooting. Yeah. When you look at your photography, you would think that you've been doing this for forever. I mean, it's it's just that good. Do you? So how did how did Thank you are. how did you develop that quickly? I mean, is it just always going out and shooting? Do you have a group of people that you shoot with? Do you have some coaches along the way? I have a, um, yes, definitely. Um, initially, when I started this, um, and I think it's this way for a lot of photographers. I was alone. I was forcing friends to go and taking friends, people that really didn't want to go, but they went because they loved me and they knew I wanted to do it. <laughs> and that stemmed into realizing that so many photographers are solo when they're outside. They do this alone. And hiking with the way the world is for anyone solo can be a scary situation. Mm-hmm. And especially with a female, hiking alone is also terrifying. Uh, I'm self-taught. I watch videos, I talk to people, I draw inspiration from people. I've been very lucky to meet some amazing people on Instagram that have mentored me and pushed me forward. What stems from that as well is, um, since I go on Instagram and made these friends, we started a photography group. And there's 14 to 15 of us from all different places that come together and shoot and inspire each other and encourage people to get outside and encourage people not to be alone in the photography world because it can be very cutthroat and it can be how being around someone can benefit you. And we're trying to break that stigma Mm. of that. If one does well, we all do well. And I think we're trying to create something that's different and that there's not a lot of. I know that when I started this, I felt very isolated and I was out alone by myself and it made me nervous. And I was sitting at home and I kept watching YouTube videos and I kept getting frustrated because having watching a video and actually having someone there hands-on talking to you, walking you through it is something completely different. That is when I started talking to a few people that I had met on Instagram through posting pictures and being shared in groups. And we sat down and we said, what can we do to change this? Hmm. How can we get people together and get people outside and show them how beautiful this part of the world is, but then also give people an outlet, different people, people of different religions, color, creed, whatever that may be. We just want people to be welcome and feel like they're part of something bigger and that they always have someone to rely on and to talk to and to learn from. Wow, that's fantastic. So you all created, you saw an unmet need and then you created the network around it. And is this what, uh, is this how Rome Outdoors and Appalachian Explorers came to be? Or were, was, were these two things already existing and then it's just sort of evolved from there? Appalachian Explorers was existing. I was lucky enough to be brought into the group um, by someone that lives here locally as well that I've known for a while. And I participated in Appalachian Explorers for about a year trying to trying to learn, become a better photographer. So many people are not exactly sure what they want to get out of it or what they want to do with it. And I think a lot of people fall into photography like me as well, where you start out as something as a hobby and then you realize it's what you should have been doing all along. And then it turns into what you hope to be a profession. After being with Appalachian Explorers for about a year, there were a few people that I had met from being in the group And we just started talking about how we could change the dynamic of photography. Instead of someone trying to one-up someone, we need to help push people up and help give them hope within it. And what we've noticed with a lot of companies and magazines and branding and whatever that may be, your style may not be exactly what they're looking for. 
So instead of pushing that off and it going to someone else, let's push it off to someone that you're working with and someone that you care about. And then in turn, it will come back to you. And we saw a lot of people struggling with anxiety and depression and not feeling like they have friends or family or a group that they could do this with. And it's, it's shocking since I've started this, how many messages I get of people just wanting to be included just wanting to be part of the group. Oh, wow. And it's it's sad to think that there are so many people in this world that have no one to connect with with shooting. I feel like my photography got extremely better when I started being around these people and getting it from inspiration from them and watching the way they shoot and the way they do things and the way they think. And it puts so much more emotion in it for me. I think the way the world is today that we seem to forget that social media is typically what people want you to see behind that curtain. We don't know what someone might have going on in their real life and how bad they might need someone. And I think people forget that. And I think it's something that's needed desperately, not just in photography, but across the board. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's wonderful that you've created these networks and these support groups. And I think it's pretty cool that it's turning out to be something maybe deeper uh, and more meaningful than, than maybe you even even expected. I, I don't know. I don't want to project that on you, but it just seems to to be that you created a, a place for people to come and then they come and, and, and they're growing not only just as a photographer, but it seems like they're growing as, as people as well. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. And um, what we've also, we also have members that aren't photographers, people that just enjoy being outside or taking photos just for their personal enjoyment. And um, if this is the direction that we're supposed to go in with this, then we're definitely going to go in this direction. This just started out as a group of people needing friends and needing people. But the deeper that we get into this, it is shocking how many people have no one. And it's not just with photography. It's just getting outside and having that human interaction. And I think as a society, there's so much hate and so much anger that we forgot that we're all humans. Mm. And we all have emotions and we all have thoughts and feelings and we all have needs. And if we can help someone through photography, just by a simple picture, something that's simple to us, something we see every day can change someone's life. I've seen that a lot. I get a lot of messages from people that have lost family members or have lost their job or having a bad day and they'll send me a message and say, thank you. Your picture brought me hope or you changed my day. And if we can save someone's life or change their attitude for the better, then that's definitely what we should be doing. Did you ever expect that when you first started getting into this? And, and I mean, did you, did you see that or are you surprised by it happening or I mean, I know that you're happy and elated that it is happening, but did you did, did you really even kind of see that even coming, that it would be so much more than just the photography and framing and composing pictures? I definitely didn't see it coming at all, and I guess I just didn't see the need for this, and I didn't expect it. And I remember the moment that it really touched me. Um, our Rome group were doing a TV show for UNCTV, my home in C, and they filmed us. Um, back in February for an episode that comes out in August Oh, cool! Um, about Rome and all the behind the scenes from the pictures that they show. And it was really amazing, really fun. And I remember that morning we met the film crew. We had our original Rome people, 10 of us, 12 of us. And then we had four or five other people that had shown up that had heard about the meetup. And I remember standing on the mountain and I was talking to Heather. She's the host for um, my home, North Carolina. And I just started crying. Tears just started pouring out of my eyes. I look around on the top of the mountain. We're all freezing to death. It's eight degrees outside. We're all bundled up, shivering. Everyone was smiling. They were laughing and interacting and taking pictures. And I thought in that moment, I was like, we did it. Mm. We didn't know this is what we were doing, but we did it. Look at all these happy people from different walks of life together creating something one common bond their love of nature and their love of photography and putting it together mm-hmm. and then the biggest reward is afterwards and watching all the pictures come out and the different way people edit and their compositions and their feelings with the shot and how they portrayed their moment 
because we all have the same moment, but we all experienced it differently. Mm-hmm. And I like think that's life, what makes it? photography. Yes. And that's what makes photography so beautiful is it's subjective and beauty is in the eye of the beholder and there's something for everyone. Man, you're not kidding. You know, I, that's amazing to me. And I don't, I've never experienced what you're talking about with photography at that level, but a micro level. There's a fella who I think we both know. His name is Josh Lowe. He's a photographer, and I know he follows your work. And mm-hmm. we were up on the Blue Ridge Parkway, oh gosh, maybe two, three months ago now at this point. Um, maybe longer, I don't know. But but it was, you know, I'm just trying to move from getting off auto mode to getting on to, you know, trying to do long exposures or shoot sunsets or whatever they may be and sort of not just shoot with my iPhone and, and just on mm-hmm. auto mode. And man, he was there and <clears throat> we set up maybe 10 feet from each other as the night went on, as it got darker, we just, we had more conversation and he was very helpful and we asked questions. And, and then afterwards um, I posted my shot, he posted his shot and we, we were filming the very same thing, but the composition, you know, just the editing was like you say, it was just so different in that moment, I also had a friend, you know, there was somebody now that we connect with and, you know, we, we, we follow each other's work and well, mine's really not work. I just throw some photos up, but his is really work. I mean, he's really working at his craft, but, but it is, it is amazing. And then as, as we were leaving and it got completely dark, there was another gentleman that was there. He also knows you. I cannot remember his name. He knows your work. Um, he was shooting, um, uh, the constellations and the stars and things like this after it went dark stuff that I, you know, I, I don't know anything about how to do. I just see the pictures and they're beautiful when it happens. But another example of, I had no idea who this, this cat was. And at the end, I mean, we're kind of chatting it up and my wife was wondering if we were ever going to leave, but you're right. It just, there's so much good stuff that kind of comes and happens from these, these interactions and these moments. And it's just, I don't know, it's beautiful to me that you just are standing there on the mountaintop and you, you sort of had the aha that, man, this is, look what this has become. And doesn't even sound like you were really kind of pushing for that to happen. It was just organically, it just did. So anyway, sorry for my rambling, but I'm just sort of caught up in your uh, your story there. That's exciting stuff. I think photographers also need to remember something very important is when you run into these people and you see these people, they feel like they know you. They've been watching your work. They hear your words. They see your emotions. It's not just a connection of I know who you are they feel like they know who you are yeah and through photography I've found a lot of kindness by that Mm. and I think that people need to take it as flattery because what you're doing means something to them Mm. and in the world today that is so rare that you can give someone emotion and feelings from from your moment and if you can make somebody feel like they were there too that's super powerful Oh, you're not, you're, yeah. And it's such a good thing. Oh, such a great thing, especially in today's world. And, you know, and we talk about it a lot on this podcast, and I love it because it always comes up, whether it's a leading question or whether it's just organically, but it always comes back to that of just how much the outdoors is an avenue to just bring people together. And it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what your thing is. It could be photography, hiking, kayaking. I mean, whatever it is, we're kind of out there having some shared experiences, and that's why I always think, Outdoor people are some of the coolest people in the world because they just, I mean, we all have our stuff too, but it definitely does bring, bring people together. Recently we had um, Earl B. Hunter Jr. on with uh, Black Folks Camp too, and um, we're getting to know each other. Um, he was here in the studio and we've just spent some time on the phone. And, and again, it was just that thing. It was the outdoors that's just bringing people together to have conversations that they may not otherwise have or bring them into the pathway of other people that they may not rub shoulders with. And so, um, so I think it's, again, I just, I, I love what you're doing. I love what all your work is about. I, I follow you all the time. And any, anytime you post a picture, I mean, I'm, I'm spending several seconds and moments, you know, kind of deep d- digging into that photo a little bit. I want to ask you a question ab- you. about some of your, your favorite places. And I know that we talked before we came on the air and, and I know this is important to you cause I've read it people have asked, you know, where did you take this particular photo before? And there's sometimes you just kind of hold that back. Are there, are there places you can kind of share with some of the listeners in a responsible way, I guess, what are some of your favorite spots to shoot? And then you can be specific if you want, you can kind of hold that back. It doesn't really matter. Maybe be general, but what are, what are your favorite places to shoot? 
I'm a Boone local. I grew up in Boone. Um, such a beautiful place. So many areas so close by that are gorgeous and breathtaking. Um, but by far, um, my favorite place is the Lumble Gorge. Um, there's not really a way to explain it. It is, it's peaceful. It's serene. It's exotic. It's rare. It's definitely one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Hawksville is one of my favorite places in the Limbo Gorge. Um, it has 360-degree views. You can see forever, sunset and sunrise. It is a highly trafficked area, and most people are responsible. And it's very hard to run into people in the Limbo Gorge. It's very spread out. It's quiet. It's a very private place. Um also, being a Boone local, one of my favorite spots on the Blue Ridge Parkway is the Linco Viaduct, mm-hmm. Rough Ridge, Beacon Heights area. It's beautiful. That speaks home to me. This sense of peace comes over you when you go outside. And if you haven't experienced that, it's hard to explain because there's nothing else that kind of creates that serenity. Mm-hmm. Like when you said, when you're standing on the mountain and it's quiet and you're watching the colors change and you're hearing the birds and smelling the flowers and and the smells, it's its almost like it's a dream. It doesn't feel real at times. Mm. And I know that I've seen things that seem unreal, and I play them back over in my head, or I look at a video, and I think, how lucky am I that this is what I get to experience every single day of my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we're living here. We are, we are extremely lucky to have the natural resources that we do, and your area is, um, I mean, it's stunning. I don't get up there as much as I'd like to, but there's so much to explore. It just seems so rugged, and I think you you kind of said it best. I mean, it's unique, and it's sort of one of a kind, and it's a pretty interesting ecosystem out there um, in the Limbo Gorge. And Wiseman's View, that was my very first exposure to it as well. You mentioned that earlier. That was your sort of first picture that you ever took a Limbo Gorge. That was my first picture that I ever took a Limbo Gorge. I guarantee you that mine didn't come out nearly as good as yours. (laughs) When, when I look back at mine, I was so frustrated, but it was also, you know, the sun was straight over the, straight over top and everything was washed out. And, you know, I spent more time trying to. That's how, that's how it started for me in the beginning. <laughs> I look at my pictures when I started and I thought, what were you thinking? But in that moment, I was happy. Yeah, absolutely. So instead of looking at like a bad picture, that, that was my moment. That's my memory. Yeah. No, that's interesting you say that. You know, for me, it was, I'm looking at it out of my eye, and I'm seeing this just unbelievable view, and then I try to get behind the camera and capture that spot, or that that um, that that picture, and I was getting frustrated, and that's when I had to say, whoa, time out, put the camera away, let's just be in the moment in this, and that's when I, <laughs> I whipped out my iPhone, and I said, it's probably going to take a better picture than what I can do right now, and I took the picture, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking the same thing, you know, and there's a lot of times like that of like, man, this moment right now, I mean, I probably could capture it and work to capture it pretty hard. And, and, uh, you know, speaking to a photographer like yourself, I, you know, you probably should keep working to frame the picture and take the, the perfect picture. But man, it was in my brain and I was there in the moment and I had to put all that stuff yeah. away and just say, man, just drink this in. Cause this is the good stuff right here. You're getting frustrated and you're missing the good stuff. Yes. And I feel the same way. And you're exactly right. It happens to me a lot still. Your camera can never capture exactly what your eye saw. Mm. The power of the picture is bringing you back to that moment. Mm. It gives you the memory of the smell or the way the air felt or how you felt or the colors. And that's the power of the picture is it's freezing that fleeting moment that you had. Sometimes I just put my camera away too and I just enjoy the moment. Mm. There are many times that I leave my camera at home when I go out to adventure because I just need that time and I need those moments for myself and those memories. And sometimes the camera can't do that for you. Mm, That's good. That's rich. Yeah, I think you're you're right. Did you notice a transition when you went from sort of the, I mean, because you're an award-winning photographer at this point. I mean, do you notice sometimes that you have to fight to enjoy the moment more when you are trying to take that prize shot versus just being out without all of the, the stuff? I mean, you know, and you're just kind of hiking along just to just to enjoy that experience? Yes, I went through that battle. Definitely, definitely went through that battle. I I realized that 
I was fighting for the right picture. And I was fighting for what I thought people on social media would like. Mm. And I was fighting for the shot of what I thought would be in the magazine. And then I remembered that that's not why I started any of this. I started this because of the way it made me feel. I started this because of my daughter. And I started this because I love my home. Mm. And any other positive things that come from that beyond that, I'm just grateful for. So then I started shooting for myself and I started posting what I like and it might not be what the mass is like, but at at least I'm staying true to myself. And once I remembered that I got the moments back instead of the pressure of creating that moment for someone else, I took Mm -hmm. it back for myself. And then if something can, if someone can feel something from that moment I had, even if it's not the perfect composition or the right exposure, or the right focused area, whatever that may be, it doesn't matter because that was my perfect moment. And if someone can draw inspiration or feelings from that, then good for them. And if they can't, then let's go find some better moments. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So photography is important to you. You've captured some amazing photos. You've done some, you've encouraged me and others and probably countless others. But hiking is important to you too. I mean, hiking is something that is very, very, I mean, it gets you to where you're going, but um, you also have, uh, I don't know if it's as equal of a love for hiking, but that's a big part of your life too, right? Hiking. Yes, very much so. It's a love-hate relationship. Um, (laughs) It's a love when I start, and it's a hate as I start up the hill. And then as I'm going down the hill to a trail, I think, oh my gosh, I have to go back up this trail. So that's the hate part of the relationship. Um, I think part of the reason why I love photography so much is the process. Mm. It's the process of getting there. It's the moments in between. It's the conversations. It's the rare wildflower or the interesting animal or the bear or the rattlesnake you pass. It's all those things that make me remember that photo. I might be able to look at a photo and not be able to remember exactly what it was like that day or who I was with, but I'm going to remember the moments that were Mm. behind it. So I think hiking is half of the journey of taking a picture because without it, what else do you have? Otherwise, Mm. it's just a photo. There's no moments or memories behind it. Hiking has, I struggle, I've struggled with anxiety for a long time. I started um, having panic attacks um, in my early 20s when I was in school working 50 hours a week, taking classes full-time, and I had a friend who was murdered. Oh, gosh. And that definitely accelerated uh, my anxiety, my panic attacks, and those feelings. I've tried over the years different things, never medication. I'm not a medication person, um, but breathing classes and anxiety videos and counseling groups and psychologists, and none of it ever felt like it was the right fit for me. When I, again, was not jaded anymore and saw how beautiful where I live is and started getting outside and hiking and exercising, it's like the anxiety just almost went away. Mm. I can better manage my panic attacks. I can talk myself through it. If I start feeling anxious, I get outside, whether that be sitting under a tree or driving by a stream, whatever that may be. I think hiking is the biggest part of the journey. The picture is just the reward at the end. Mm. Um, do you mind, I mean, at whatever level you feel like sharing the anxiety for you, how would, how would you describe it? And what, you know, a grip, you know, zero being obviously not that much and a 10 just being an all out grip on you when you were having some of those attacks, what was, how, how would you categorize them? How would you rate them? Um, definitely some of them a 10. Um, it's almost an out-of-body experience. Um, You feel like you can't breathe. You're questioning whether you're having a heart attack. There's tension in your chest. For me, I feel like I need to walk or move. I don't want to sit still. Racing thoughts. You know it's unrealistic, and you know what's going on, but trying to figure out how to stop it, I think, is part of the problem with panic attacks. Mm. And I know people have triggers, Mm-hmm. and being able to recognize what those triggers are has definitely helped me through that. Um, for me, it's driving in cars with other people driving. 
um, whether it be too fast or near the edge of the road, that's a trigger. The fluorescent lights are a trigger for me as well. Um, and I think that stems from being in school and being so tired and examining and the fluorescent light sound. I definitely think that's where that trigger stems from. And I think once people are able to tell what their triggers are and try to deviate away from those triggers, um, it's easier to manage your panic attacks. Mm -hmm. But I think the hardest part is, is people don't have the support or the love or the care that they need or outlets to get away from those unnatural feelings that they have. Right. So did you, part of your coping and dealing with it, um, did you ever, and were you ever in those situations where the anxiety, the depression, whatever it may be, was so heavy that you just said, you know, I need, I need to get out and I need to go and as you begin to get out and get into those places that those things begin to subside or were you ever sort of just kind of paralyzed to the fact that, man, I can't even move until this does subside. Yes. It's almost immediate when I get, when I know that I'm getting out, um, since having my daughter, I can't get into that mode where I can't get out of it and I can't move. I can't get up. I have to get up and two for her. I want her to be a strong, successful woman. And I want to see her mother as strong. And just because you have anxiety, it does not mean you're a weak person. Amen. It just means that it's a little bit harder for you to deal with things and you have to do things differently. And that's okay. That's what makes us different. Mm -hmm. If we were all the same, life would be very boring. Hmm. Um, and I, if I know that I'm going to go get outside or going to shoot or going to exercise or just take a drive in the mountains, it, it just immediately goes away. You know, nature, being out in nature has been proven to reduce anxiety, stress, your blood pressure, and it also, within 20 minutes, they say of being in nature, that it can reduce moderate to minor depression. Yeah. And there's been lots of studies done about it. And it's, I mean, I feel it almost instantly. Yeah. And it's also, you know, if I'm starting to feel those anxious feelings or feel like it's beginning to be too much, whatever that may be with COVID or the situations or so many people losing their jobs, just the way the world is. It's so easy to grab my daughter and grab my camera and jump in the car and get outside. Even if you can't get to a trail or you can't get to a national park or a state park, find a stream, find a local park, just try to get outside and breathe. Um, because with anxiety, I think what I've, heard a lot of people tell me, especially being in this group with all these people, is they feel like they can't breathe. Yeah. And I think that's the scariest feeling of anxiety is feeling like your breath is taken and nature just gives it all right back to you. Without a and doubt. it's such a powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, you and I are both a part of a, a, a similar Facebook group and I won't name it because I want to be, you know, sensitive to the people that responded. But, you know, I just, in, in preparing, you know, for talking with you and also, um, you know, my, my, my own sort of solo episode, I, I, um, I struggle with the same things so with some depression, with some anxiety. And we know that there's research that's out there. Um, and it's fantastic that there's a huge resurgence of that research coming back. And the evidence is, um, is, is just clear that there are some positive mental, um, and, and obviously there's physical well-being that comes along with it, but the mental well-being that comes with the outdoors and now to being, and, and not just the outdoors, but nature in general, and now being proven, have some qualitative and quantitative data behind it, you know, hopefully that will definitely encourage more and more people to look hopefully less to the meds and, and more to the, uh, to the, to the natural ways of, of, of dealing with it. So, I hear you. It's, it's important, but if, you know, I, I, I was amazed at the number of people with that, that simple question, which is, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, you know, when you get out and you hike and you go to waterfalls, you know, do you feel a sense of, of well-being and, and, and mental health? And if you feel, you know, if, if the answer is yes, feel free to share. And I was, man, I was really moved by some of the people that responded back. And I was, I wasn't surprised at the number of people that talked about anxiety and depression, but, you know, PTSD was one of them that was huge for me, but, the encouraging thing was, you know, kind of knowing that we're not alone and just kind of thinking that, okay, yeah, I go out in the woods and I'm feeling better, but it's real. And there's so many people that are in the very same, you know, situation and in nature and the outdoors or the water views, pictures, all these things really kind of help to lower, you know, blood pressure and, and decrease the depression and the anxiety and all those things. And 
I mean, I was I was really blown away at the number of people and, 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 and encouraged, too, that people actually have that as an outlet. So it's amazing how much of that is is out there in our world today. But thankfully, we have, you know, positive outlets like like we're talking about. And that's one of the things that, you know, it's easy for I think for us here, if we live in the mountains and we live in these beautiful places, if you haven't taken them you know, for granted and you're getting out and you're and you're experiencing them. Um, but that's one of the things that that I hope listeners kind of take away too is, you know, wherever you go, just getting out of your door, finding a park that's near you, finding that, whatever that sacred space is for you that you can kind of go to and, and, and unwind and have as, as an escape, I think is, is so important. So, so deeply important. I agree completely. Everyone needs their place. Everyone needs somewhere to go where they feel peace and silence and serenity and feel comfortable. And I know it isn't as simple for people that live in cities and big towns, but there there are ways, and I hope that people find them instead of turning to medication, um, because that's a scary thing. Like you said in the group, I, I read a lot of the comments as well, and I guess I knew that many people were struggling and that many people needed it, but it's shocking to mm-hmm. see all the hundreds of comments and all the people that need that and that need to talk about it as well. Because I think that's what we're lacking in the world too, is people that listen and people that care and people that want to understand. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing mm-hmm. is they don't have someone that cares enough to ask. Mm. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's powerful. Just to ask someone how they are, how they're feeling is such a powerful thing to at least feel like someone cares in that moment. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's what's so wonderful, um, and uh, about your you have these meetup groups that you do. I didn't know this. I mean, I knew you were involved in all the other things, but when you had mentioned to me that you had just gotten done with some meetup groups, you're intentionally putting those experiences together, as I understand it, right? With your hiking meetups. Yes, I'm an over planner. <laughs> I'm all about planning. Um, when it comes to these groups, I know I drive everybody crazy. Because I'm like, we don't know where we're going and where we're eating. You've got a bunch of adults. You've got to keep them fed. <laughs> People are hiking and it's hot or cold. You've got to keep them full and happy as well. And we've been doing it. Our first one was on Roan Mountain oh, last June. Love Roan Mountain. And we hiked up. Um, there was 14 of us. Some of us kind of knew each other. Some of us were meeting for the first time. And we all met, and we shot sunset, and we set up our tents, and we talked, and we laughed, and had the craziest, craziest experience with this guy on Round Mountain. That might be for another podcast <laughs> of um, definitely running into interesting people on the trails. Um, and we all ended up sleeping on that mountain. It was supposed to be 54 degrees. With the wind chill, it was 33. We froze our butts off. We were not prepared for it. <laughs> we were prepared for summer camping. And that is not what we got. And that night created Friends for Life. Mm. And we've had smaller meetups, countless ones, and um, four large ones up until this point. And we just all pick a place. We said we were going to meet. We camp and we talk and we eat and we hike and power shoot for 24 to 48 hours and laugh and have fun. And anyone is welcome that wants to come or that needs it. Wow. Well, that's good. What is the name of your group? Rome Outdoors. Oh, so that's the meetup. I missed that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's yes, an Instagram that's, that's plus. The meetup. Oh, all right. Yeah, we started that to, to, to share photos from around the area and give photographers that are starting out a chance to as well to be featured so they can grow more followers. Because I know when I started, I desperately needed that. And that helped me, it pushed me and it helped me want to do better and take better shots and to learn more. And that's why we started Rome and that's how Rome started. Um, We came up with the name Rome and then wanted to throw outdoors with it. And it's slowly grown. Last time we had a meetup um, a couple weeks ago, we had three new members that don't normally come. Some of the old members can't meet, but it ends up working out really well. We end up doing really well getting everyone together, which is hard with everyone being so busy. Yeah. Wow, that is so cool. But yeah. All right. So so Roan Mountain was your first mm-hmm. Rome experience. 
And then tell me some of the other places that you all, um, frequent, where do you, do you hike the same spots or you guys try to find something new each time? We try to, we try to go different places. Our second meetup was in Linville Gorge and then Wilson's Creek area. Wilson's Creek is right below, um, Linville Gorge. Um, not a well-known area, very beautiful, rugged, um, lush backcountry, no cell phones, um, Definitely a place you want to be very comfortable and careful, but very underrated place. It is one of the most gorgeous places in North Carolina. And we met there, and in the winter and the fall, we typically get a cabin. And we all chip in, and we share a cabin together, and the 12, 14 of us stay in the cabin, and whoever wants to camp can camp at the cabin or sleep in their car or whatever they're comfortable with. And then our second, our third meet was for the Holman Sea filming and we met for Linville Gorge for sunrise. Mm. We went and had lunch. We made it to Linville Falls and just as we arrived at Linville Falls, it started to snow. Um, last winter was not a snowy winter. <laughs> we were very lucky to get the snow. Yeah. Um, the wonderful thing about snow in the winter too on the parkway is that they closed the road, That's which allows right. you to walk the parkway and I know that when COVID started, that was a fun thing for everyone to do around here. The parkway was closed, so everyone was able to walk to the viaduct. But what's so great, most people don't know, is that in the winter, when they close the road, you're able to walk the parkway. And we were able to walk all the way across the viaduct with the film crew and play on the road in the snow. And it was just such a magical day. You couldn't have planned it any better. Mother Nature definitely gave us exactly what we asked for. Oh, that's so cool. Which is rare because I would say, and you, you'll you see the more you shoot, 70% of the time these gorgeous photos and all these beautiful sunsets and sunrises, that doesn't happen. Hmm. I would say 75% of the time we are in the fog or we in the rain or we're soaking wet or miserable or in a lightning storm in our tent. It's not all beautiful sunsets and sunrises and perfect waterfalls. Well, that's encouraging to know because it's easy to get discouraged when you're out there trying to get the the perfect shot and you don't have, especially when you don't have much time and you're just trying to kind of fit these in. Oh man, there's nothing more frustrating than that. I'm going, I mean, during COVID, I must've gone three times to shoot sunsets and I'm like, every time was an epic failure (laughs) every single time. And I'm like, okay, it's not going to get frustrating, but maybe this photography thing isn't for me, but I guess you just got to stick to it is what I hear. It is, and a lot of people, I, I hear a lot of people say that um, because they just see the result of the beautiful parts of what we get, that they don't see the seven mornings that we got up and it was foggy and you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Mm. They just saw the lucky 10 minutes that we got when the sun decided to come out. Or we had four inches of rain, but it stopped raining just long enough to shoot that waterfall that was just suddenly all full of water. And I think... It also allows people to judge your shots well and question whether they're photoshopped or whether they're true because those moments, those perfect moments that people want to get in their camera are so rare that people think that you just get them all the time. Hmm. So you've got to remember that for every nine times that you go out, you might get one perfect one. But that one perfect one cancels out the other nine times that were horrible. Wow. Well, and, and I have to tell myself that a lot. <laughs> well, so the, the the picture that earned you, or the pictures, the 2020 grand prize winner of peering into Pisgah photo contest. How many times? How how many for that one million dollar shot? How many shots do you think you took, or opportunities were you out there that you you didn't get that shot or that award winning moment? It's funny you say that because the chimneys has quickly became one of my favorite parts of Limbo Gorge. Um, that's where that photo was taken. Um, that was taken on our second meetup last fall of Rome. Most of the people in the photo are my Rome Outdoor members. And I had been to chimneys six times and hiked miles and miles in fog and rain and horrible weather conditions to get that picture. Oh, wow. And post a rain that morning... Um, when we started up, but Lumble Gorge is very unique 
It's almost has its own environment and ecosystem, and it's a temperate rainforest. So therefore, it rains a lot, and it can rain whenever it wants to. Um, we left that morning. It was chilly, early fall. The sky was black where our cabin was. We started out to Lumble Gorge, started up the trail, got about halfway up the trail, and the sky lit up. And... I had been up seven times, six or seven times before that and saw nothing. Mm. I had no clue that I was even standing on a cliff that had a thousand foot drop below it. Oh, gosh. So that 10 minutes was worth every single time I had been up there before. Mm. The payoff. Yes, the definitely payoff. And the gorge is definitely one of those places where I would say 50% of the time it's amazing. It's very rare that even if it is foggy, that it isn't amazing. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't know that I've ever had a bad day in the outdoors, <laughs> to be honest with you. I yeah. mean, even in the worst conditions, I just don't think, for me personally, I've ever had a bad day being out there. If, the rainy, foggy ones where you're soaking wet and covered in mud have the best memories. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it because, like you said before, I, I think... I can't remember exactly how you said it, but it's 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 kind of the journey. It's kind of the, the process and not necessarily always the end destination because there's always so many other things in the middle of it that if we are so focused on that end point, we kind of miss a lot. Um, I mean, I have been exactly. guilty of that, but as I look back, then all of a sudden, as I'm commiserating, it wasn't quite as bad as, you know, I'm making it out to be because of the memories that we've, the memories that we've made. So... Um, I think that relates to life a lot as well, too, mm. in many situations, not just hiking and shooting. We're tired, we're exhausted, we're stressed, we're worried. The world is different, so it's just learning how to tell yourself to just shut it off and be in the moment and try not to think too far ahead, because that's when things get overwhelming. That's a great word. That's a great word. I'm going to hang on to that. What are a couple of, of maybe two or three key things that you can leave with a budding photographer, um, landscape photographer, you know, specifically? What are some words of wisdom that you would leave with them? Always shoot for yourself. Shoot what makes you happy. Even if it's not the perfect light or the perfect composition or the perfect sunrise or sunset, shoot what you think is beautiful. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. Even these photographers that have 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, even 100,000 followers, they will help you and they will answer your questions. And if you feel alone in this, reach out to a group, find some people to shoot with, find some people to get outside with, and don't give up. No matter how frustrating it is, don't give up. And just remember to shoot for yourself, no one else. Mm. And that's the best advice that I was given. I love that. And watch as many YouTube videos and read as many things as you can because photography is constantly changing. Every time a camera comes out, then a better one comes out and a better one comes out. And you don't need the best equipment. You just need to love what you're doing. And that's really all that matters. And the rest will fall into place. Wow. That's profound. Thank you for sharing that. So how can we find out more about your, your work? Um, I mean, I know on Instagram, but tell us where you are in social media, some other things that you're following or a part of, um, where can we find, is there a website? Do you have any kind of a website or how, how can we find out more about your meetups as well? I'm working on my website now, oh, so good. that should be up soon. Good. And I will link that to my Instagram as soon as it's finished. Um, my Instagram is Leslie underscore Restivo, R-E-S-T-I-V-O. And you can also find me on Facebook or reach out to me on North Carolina Nature Lovers from only in North Carolina. And we are trying to figure out right now how to handle meetups and how to handle it safely with the world that we live in. Mm. Um, we are gearing up to do one in the early fall, and we're hoping to open that up to people if we can safely do that. And we will be posting the meetup information on our Rome Outdoors page on Instagram. I'll also be putting it on my Facebook. And if anyone needs anyone to talk to or has any questions that I can answer about photography or you just need to vent 
about how you're feeling or anxiety or advice or anything, please don't hesitate to reach out. I check my messages and you are not bothering me. I don't mind at all to help. Hmm. Well, Leslie, I, you, you are a one of a kind person. I tell you, I was immediately drawn to your work and I knew that there was a deeper story behind the work. You helped me get through um, the initial stages of the shutdown and that's when I first recognized you or found you. I don't know how that happened, but it just it just continued to encourage me and the people that are also around you as well. I think that um, sort of are in your same circles. They're photography skills, and um, I found new places to go. But one of the things that was really kind of, again, profound for me was the message um, behind your photos. And I love the way that you, you described those. And I always knew that there was a sort of a deeper story. So... Thank you so much for taking the time to be here uh, with me today and share your heart, share your passion, share your skills, share your advice, um, all of that. I, I've been encouraged, and I know that people who are listening will be encouraged by that as well. But just thank you for being real. Thank you for being you, and just thank you for being here. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to come back. I hope you enjoyed the peek into the mind and creativity of an award-winning landscape photographer. If you have never experienced Leslie's work, I highly encourage you to check it out. She's incredibly talented. We'll have links in the show notes at explorationlocal.com. I'd also encourage you to check out her meetup group, Rome Outdoors, if you're interested in hanging with some great like-minded adventurers and photographers who will for sure help you level up your photography skills. Be sure to check out our website, explorationlocal.com, for great photos and links to everything that we talked about in this episode. Also, be sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as a special treat for this episode, Leslie is doing an Instagram takeover on our page, so be sure to check it out at Exploration Local. There, you can view some of her amazing work. I hope you're loving the podcast. If you are, be sure to download more episodes at iHeart, iTunes, or anywhere you download your podcast. And until we meet again, I encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Explore local.